Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, welcome. Hello, again. Again, we're uh, we're doing a couple of, of back-to-back recordings here, so this is exciting for us. Uh, welcome back to Old Millennials, a deep dive on shallow topics uh, from the early 2000s. This is our fourth mini episode. We are your hosts. I'm Emily. I'm Margo. Welcome again. We uh, we have an interesting topic today. <laughs> it's less of a topic and more of like a, oh, hey, uh, my husband cleaned out the co- central console in his car and look at all these questionable CDs. He says there are CDs, but some of them are not mine. Yeah, I, I will lay claim to the ones that are my responsibility as a person, but the rest of them. And also, I'd like to tell you that there are two of one of these CDs we're about to talk about. And so, obviously, you know, we're two of the CD household, <laughs> and maybe we don't need to be. No, I don't think so. I don't think so. But, you know, you'll you'll get to that point where you, you consolidate, and, you know, it'll be... Maybe that's like a, a second anniversary thing you do. I don't we know. We already consolidated a bunch of CDs a while ago when we wanted more space on our bookshelves and didn't want to get rid of books. So we got rid of all of the jewel cases and got like a soft pack. And most of the time, I mean, honestly, just even having these at all is ridiculous. We right. don't really have a way to listen to them to begin with. I The only place I have a place to listen to CD is in my car. That's the only place. We used to be able to listen to CDs in our car, and then we got, like, a Bluetooth adapter that goes through the CD player, so now oh. we can't even listen to CDs in there. Yeah, and I actually, right now, my, my holder for my phone so I can use GPS is actually being shoved into a CD slot. Like, that's uh, how... So I could, but, like, I'd have to get rid of that. I don't know. I rented a car a couple of years ago that had a CD player, and so, like, I took a stack of random CDs with me. One of them was Mickey Avalon, which, I don't know. That was oh, really, yeah. That was an interesting throwback to put in the car, and then I picked up one of my best friends who I used to listen to Mickey Avalon with a lot, and we listened to it, and we're like, okay, a couple of these still are decent. I still just remember the line, your dick Macaulay Culkin from Mickey <laughs> Avalon. That's, like, really the one that just... Yeah, I saw him live more times than I care to count. So let's move on to the topic of why are these CDs in your car? (laughs) I don't know, but I'm really appreciative of Sean having them, though some are questionable. I do appreciate that he has these as a way for us to reminisce, I guess. I mean, we pared down the selection, too, because there are also some CDs like my one of my best friend's bands, like, that band doesn't even exist anymore, and you wouldn't know who they are, and it truly doesn't fucking matter. Yeah, yeah, but I think some of these are, are real kind of standouts of a certain moment in Where time. Where do you want to start? Um, I think we just start from the top, because I just realized that not only do we have Kanye West college dropout, but it is in the, this is a long drive for someone with nothing to think about Modest Mouse case. <laughs> Which is such a typical early 2000s thing to happen where you get really angry at yourself for having dis- like just disorganized CDs. 
I don't think that factors into Sean's thought process at all. No, but I loved this Modest Mouse album mainly because track. <laughs> sorry. No, that is honestly one of the most depressing albums I have I ever know. heard. I it is, it is, but I do love the song Track 14 talking shit about a pretty sunset because shout out Jordan, my old college roommate, if you're listening, you put this on a mix CD you made for me and it was a great song. I used to listen to it a lot in college. Uh, Heart Cook's Brains is not on here, is it? I don't think so. Okay, well that's a song that... <laughs> is Heart Cook's Brains not like Gravity Ride? No, that's... Um... No, Gravity Ride, everything is like a more, for whatever purposes moon, it's on the moon it's antarctica a, it's a That's it's it. a more upbeat record is yeah what i'm trying to say yeah, yeah, than yeah. any other modest mouse album all i know is that that song it was like my oh this has jamamine on it which someone i went to high school with was like oh modest mouse jamamine's a great song and i listened to it i was like are you okay <laughs> were you trying to tell <laughs> do me you, something do you need a hug i know that you're like kind of the class clown is that weighing on you in any sort of the, way right the now the tears of the clown <laughs> i actually just listened to that song yesterday it's so good it is a really great song um, Kanye. But, uh, yeah. Oh, sorry. One more thing oh, about yeah, Modest course, Mouse. Of course. My friend's mm-hmm. ex-boyfriend loved Modest Mouse, and he tried to have sex with her two heart cooks brains. And when I listened to the song, I was like, wow, you should dump him now, because that's, that's a bad stitch. That's a, not but a he, song to do that to. Yeah. No, but he also was like, I'm so deep and like an artist. I'm like, okay. Oh. You're just also kind of like an idiot, though, too, who cannot read social cues. <laughs> Wow. We can transition over to Kanye. <laughs> a Kanye that I used to be able to stand. I think this is... I think College Dropout is mine, but the Modest Mouse case is Sean's. Oh, that's true love, though, right there. That's a real union moment right there between you guys. I guess. <laughs> um, Kanye West, College Dropout, I loved. Um, I was also a big fan of Late Registration, uh, mainly because Touch This Guy was, like, my song senior year of high school. Yeah, I know. Um... But this album, College Dropout, I mean, it's still solid, great. We're still in, like, prime Kanye yeah. era before yeah. he said wild, ignorant things. Or started to try to have a cult. Slash church. We have, like, slash tax shelter. Jesus walks through the wire. Um, oh, I hate Through the Riot, through the Wire. That's one of my least favorite Kanye songs. And I know everybody fucking loves that song. Like, oh, it's wild. He, like, survived all that. But I can't remember, who does he sample in Through the Wire? Shaka Khan. Yeah. Through the Fire. Yeah. uh, I think it was on Andy Cohen. He asked Shaka Khan what she thought about Through the Wire. She's like, I fucking hate that song. I was like, yes! (laughs) Exactly. That's the only right answer. (laughs) Fuck that song. I love you, Shaka Khan. Um, What else is on this one? Jesus Walks, um, All Falls Down. Uh, the work workout featuring Dion. Yeah. Also, yeah. before she was an asshole, right? Or like we didn't know she was an asshole. Yeah. And then there's work- that Talib Kweli song that I really like too. That's on there. And then there's that song with Ludacris too. I am like drawing blanks. There's the workouts tape yeah. too with Anna Nicole Smith. <laughs> that song still gets played everywhere. Yeah. Everybody likes that song. It's a good song. I feel like this album you can still put it on and it's not problematic. No. It's not like Gold Digger's on here. No. No, that's... Yeah, I think that's late registration, right? Yes. Yeah. College Dropout was good. I remember... Or is good still. Not past tense. Like, Kanye was good. <laughs> that is past tense. Yes. But I went to a Tower Records on Sunset Boulevard to buy College Dropout, along with something else that was completely out of left field, and I can't recall what it is now, but I just remember going up to the clerk being like, these are all the albums I've been dying to buy. <laughs> <laughs> they just gave you a look. And they're all just very strange... CDs to get. 
Anyway, maybe Coldplay was mixed in there. Fuck, I can't remember now. But that, this is that is around like when a rush of blood to the head came out. So that would make maybe make sense. Yeah, I think it might. I might have bought John Mayer too. I don't know. You know what though? Don't I don't judge that. I ha- I went through a big Mayer phase. I don't judge anyone. I can't judge anyone. You know when people yeah. say things. That's why I don't judge as much on music taste. Some people might like. I I've I've been through my share of things. Our next CD, The White Stripes. But which one is it? Is it's it? Get Behind Me Satan, it's, which yeah. is a good one. Which is a good one. This is also a CD that both of us own, so I don't know whose it is. Mm. Is there like I a... loved White Stripes. I've, I did too. I had seen them a couple of times live in high school. They were great. I saw them with uh, Queens of Stone Age once, which was dope. Ooh. And that was at the Hollywood Bowl. I loved them. Sean and I were supposed to see them on their last tour for Icky Thumb. Oh, really? But then it was the one that yeah. Mike freaked out and they canceled all a bunch of dates. I remember that. So we didn't get to see them, I never, unfortunately, for I, the last time. It's a bummer. I never saw The White Stripes. I actually have never seen any Jack White-related projects. Like, I've never seen Raconteurs. Well, they're um, going to be here soon. They're going to be in the Bay Area soon. We have tickets to that, which I'm trying to actively yeah. trade. But um, we've seen the Dead Weather a bunch of times. I yeah. feel like they're a band that, Raconteurs and Dead Weather are a band that toured a lot for a period of time. More so than White Stripes, I feel like. Well, definitely. I think that Jack, I mean, I'm, maybe I'm just assuming this, but I think at one point he did enjoy touring. And yeah. now he's older and tired and he broke his ankle like a couple years ago. And so maybe that is also like, well, that kind of sucks and I don't really want to deal with that anymore. But between like 2010 and 2015, I feel like I saw them all the time because they were just constantly touring. Just like another band in this list uh, of CDs that we have, which is Spoon. They're like a band that you, it's a difficult task to miss them. Yeah. Because they have toured every single year. Pretty much. Since I was 18. So I've seen them probably I've seen them maybe 10 or 12 times at I, this point. The only reason I've never seen Spoon, and I've had tickets multiple times, it's just like random things would come up. They're one of those bands that I bought tickets for, unfortunately I've never seen, but I will. Well, now you won't see them with their original basses because he just left the band. Oh. R.I.P. R.I.P. There's a sound that I was noticing just now as I was like playing around with the CD case. Like You probably can't hear it very well, but it's the sound of a CD case closing. It's the jewel case. The jewel case. Don't hear that often anymore. I mean, I think you were pointing this out when you were trying to figure out who the fuck it was, and it turned out to be a man-man album. Yeah. But people used to put so much care and attention into album art. I mean, not like they don't do it anymore, but I feel like unless you're doing, like, a Beyonce visual album kind of level, there yeah. isn't that same, like, I, I think it comes down more to, like, tour posters now. Perhaps it, that's the medium that it's transferred over to, which I, I have a problem with. Right. But there used to be so much thought and, like, Easter eggs and yeah. like elaborate artwork that like or Beck put out that album where, notes. Yes. Beck put out that album where it came with like a bunch of stickers. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. That just doesn't happen as frequently anymore. No. Wow, that sounds a lot like a I'm an old man get off my lawn type of comment. But I don't know. There's something that is a little bit missing from that. Although I do love having all of my albums streaming neatly on my phone and I don't have to flip through a fucking CD and I don't have to take an extra trip to anywhere if I want to listen to one song off of Tragic Kingdom or some shit like that. Oh, no, for sure. And we talked about this. I forget what episode we talked about that, but we were talking about, you know, the care you put into selecting CDs when you would go on a trip. Like... For that CD Bible or wallet or whatever you want to call it. Or even the care in making like a mixed CD. A CD. Just agonizing over oh my like, God. what's the progression? And We used to trade mixed CDs. I mean, I think yeah. that's something that Pen15 did nicely. We used to trade mixed CDs all the time and they'd be like 
mixes for different school years or different seasons or like to get ready to go out to punk shows like yeah. he had mixes for fucking everything but the care that put it, that was put into it because you don't you can't revisit it once you've made it like the playlist I on literally Spotify, can't revi- yeah. I literally can't revisit it at all because I don't have a disc drive on my laptop right right it's but it's like yeah if you don't Spotify you, you end up being like oh you know what this doesn't fare these don't pair very well let me take this one song out and replace it like oh that's super yeah, easy but like yeah now you know the care and like the finality of it all like oh, okay i've created this mixtape for someone i care deeply about or whatever let me give it to this person and yeah yep. i still remember getting like mixed cds like after a date or something that was like a whole yeah what did that say about that person like i one of the last mixed cds i made was for sean for valentine's day and it was like a bunch of sappy songs from um artists that we'd seen live because we've gone to a lot of concerts together Love it. The next one on our list here is uh, The Darkness's Permission to Land. Okay, that's mine. I stand by owning it. It's a great album. I haven't listened to a thing called Love in a long time, but I think it still slaps, as the kids may not say anymore. But I don't know, and I'm not going to stop saying it. Um, I saw them live at the Fonda in high school because my mom worked uh, for the Fonda's office at some point, so I would get tickets to whatever. So I saw them before they were a big deal, and the dude had on like a unicorn onesie is what name? he Justin with? Hawkins. That was yes. the lead singer's name, yeah. And now his role of wacky frontman is taken up by Justin Guarini and those Pepsi commercials. But back then he was like <laughs> a pretty big deal. He came out on stage like in a little onesie. Yeah. And he then when it was got too hot, like took it off and was just shirtless and like singing and dancing. But they put on a fun show. I remember liking them at the time, but they are definitely like a one-hit wonder For sure. by all other accounts. My uh, my connection to the darkness is my aunt, my 76 or 77-year-old aunt, aunt just married her a year ago, her long-term 81, 82-year-old British boyfriend. It's weird to call her boyfriend because he's 80, but anyway. His uh, his daughter used to be married to a guy who uh, was the person who discovered the darkness and was one of the co-producers on Permission to Land. And so was very cool to know that person. I, I, I knew him and his son back when that happened. So it was very cool. That's my one story. Yay, the darkness. Yay, the darkness. They won't be getting a Vegas residency yet. Probably think. not. Probably not. But I wouldn't put them in the camp of our Reno residency, like 98 degrees. I don't even think they're going to get there, No, no, no. Um, Our next CD. This is not mine. I want to go on record. (laughs) I just appreciate that Sean owns this. It's a CD from the Long Beach dub all. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Stars. I mean, of course he fucking owns that. Have you seen his beard? <laughs> I love you so much, Sean, for owning this. Um, this. I just, I was really into Sublime for a while. I feel like almost everyone went through a phase. Yes. I mean, of course. Who didn't have a Sublime phase? <laughs> But, and 
Sublime, the Sublime CD was given to me by a neighbor <laughs> at far too young of an age, and I really enjoyed it, but quickly grew out of it. Uh, yeah, I had a... Mostly, I think I blame a lot of my dislike of Sublime on K-Rock, the radio station in LA. Oh, because yeah, you grew they up just, like, young. They blasted fucking Sublime and Red Hot Chili Peppers to the point where I physically cannot listen to it without wanting to throw my laptop across I mean there's such I like that's why I know who K, like the station K-Rock like even before I moved to California it was because that's like it was the and all the specials are behind the musics for Red Hot Chili Peppers or Sublime it's oh, yeah, always you like Kevin and Bean on there all right, the time because they had intimate knowledge because they fucking played their music all the time when like it was just like the moment we heard ourselves on K-Rock that was when that's it all you, changed yeah. and but um, but I don't think that Long Beach Dub All Stars. I feel like they're a niche, like little stonery. That's band. true. I, I think that's a step close, like deeper in. They're one of those bands, like sort of like the Aquabats in a sense, where they like show up at weird county fairs yeah, and stuff. Yeah, or like you've seen them perform like on a pier. Right. I don't know. On a pier. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. I know uh, what you mean. I know what you mean. No, I agree. That's that's all I really wanted to do. Shout out to you, Sean. Thank you for that little I, memory. Uh, Okay. Our next one's... Oh, Jesus. Um, this could be mine. This could be Sean's. I don't know, because we both had this album. I think I did, too. Uh, these are gonna... It's a little back-to-back here. Um, I think we need to put them in this order, though, because of chronological... Sure. That one's definitely mine. <laughs> Limp Biscuits Significant Other, which has a very prominent parental advisory label. Thanks a lot, Mrs. Gore. <laughs> oh, tipper. Um, where to start? Um, I don't hear a problem. This album is still good. I stand by it. I don't no, care. No, I enjoy Break it. Break stuff is it's good. It's great song. Rearranged is also good. And I, here's the newsflash. I still remember all the words. Oh, I knew. I still can rock Nookie at karaoke oh anytime, <laughs> any day. Name your place. Another I will song be there. where my poor mother had to explain to me what Nookie meant, just like when I listened to Blink-182 for the first time. I don't know the state where they had that lyric about the state the looks down on sodomy. And I was like, what's sodomy? And she's like, oh, no. Okay, well. So I feel like my parents would have know, obviously know what sodomy was, but I don't think my parents would have known what Nookie was. But maybe in the context, my dad would have been able to know. My mom would have been I don't clueless. know if my mom necessarily knew it prior to listening to the song and being like, oh, I get it. But, um... Uh, and together now with Method Man. Yeah, excellent. That's a good song. I so I get Nookie and Break stuff stuck in my head a lot. Um, and then Nobody Like You. That's another one I get stuck in my head a lot. And nineteen ninety. It's literally guys nine. number nine. T e e n number ninety. Then spelled out nine is the cover of Faith on here. No, no, I think that's on the next one. Oh yeah, but I do love. The cover art again. Talk about the lovely cover art of like some very '90s b-boy rapper with with Adidas hard toe shells because that was like huge. Of course, a prominent uh, red New York Yankees cap, a la Fred Durst, of course. Right. Um, What is this little? So you know that it just looks like something someone would graffiti on the side of a building. Yeah, I guess so. And that was cool. Yeah, if you guys remember, like, in addition to CD artwork, like, there's always the little, the hinge part, and there was, like, a little subtle artwork on this one. Oh, right, it was an enhanced CD, too, which I'm not entirely sure what the fuck that meant. So you could put it in your computer, as I had a few of these. If you, I didn't know what they were until one day I was trying to play a CD on my dad's computer, and something popped up. It was Britney Spears' album. 
because all the Jive records were enhanced CDs. They uh, had like a bio, were they pictures. On Jive? So they were. Not, I don't know if they were on Jive, but a lot of people in like from '97 to about 2000 were doing the enhanced CD, which is you put it in your your uh, disk drive on your computer, and like a little software thing would pop up, and you could read a bio on the artist. You could watch a video clip. Or two. Oh, I think and, the and Weezer Blue album was like that yeah. because they had the Buddy, they had the Buddy Holly music video attached to their. And that CD. was like the first instance of that, if I recall correctly. Um, that's one of the first instances, but uh, very interesting. Um, <laughs> we dropped the CD, by the way. Uh, very interesting time when that was a thing. Oh my God, me and my friend Marianne had such a crush on Westbourne. <laughs> oh my God. Who, looking at him now, I don't. I don't know. I mean, you would. I would think he was I a meth head, but yeah. that's just me. He just that goatee alone should have been a fireable offense. I feel like Fred Durst has done well for himself post Limp Bizkit. He's, he's fine he's now. Do you need to direct a movie? Yeah, or something? I think so. It's all right. Let's talk about the next Limp Bizkit record while we're here in Chocolate, Limp Bizkit land. Starfish and hot dog flavored water. Again, very prominent parental advisory <laughs> label. Yeah, I don't think that this on. Un- Upon visiting it again, I don't think it holds up the way that Significant Other does. No, for sure. Keep rolling is oh, yeah. Okay, so this was super funny. <laughs> In my generation. Uh, my friend Marianne and I once had a comical misunderstanding. On Halloween, she came over before we used to like, meet up with friends, and I think we were going to like our first ever like Halloween party versus trick-or-treating, because yeah. we were like, in 7th or 8th grade. Right. And I was like, oh, I'm going to put on my way. She's like, by Usher? And we're like, no, on the new Limp Biscuit album, because I think it had come out around Halloween. Oh, yeah, yeah. And ever since then, it's been an inside joke, which is not that funny now that I say it out loud, but it's still funny to me. Whenever I see My Way, I just think about the Usher music video where he's at a carnival. I I appreciate that. Can <laughs> it's we... sort of better than the My Way on this album. Go ahead. Can we discuss the additional production done by Scott Wieland, as in the late Scott Wieland, lead singer of Stone Temple Pilots? I did not know that. And Velvet Revolver? I really did not realize. Um, This is fascinating. So one of the fun things, of course, when you look at CDs and any like physical, like a record, you get to read these cool liner notes and you're like, holy shit, that person had something to do with this album. And in this case, apparently one of the producers was Scott Wieland, which is fascinating. Wild. R.I.P. Interscope Records. That's what the label they were on. But that's a sub-label of Jive. Yeah. Or the other way around. Jive is a sub-label of Interscope. I don't know. I don't remember. There were, yeah, a lot of sub-labels back then. A lot of fly-by-night labels. So much A&R money. Oh, my God. I know. Sort of, like, influencers now. You're like, why is this happening? That's where it circulated. (laughs) It trickled down, quite literally. (laughs) <clears throat> Go ahead and bring it on the next, whatever the next one is. Uh, we've got Nirvana Nevermind, which has a little sticker on the baby's penis. That's my album. Yep. Because I was like, I don't really want to see a kid's penis. Like, this is, I don't want to see it. So, I, I used to have a Hawaiian skirt over it. <laughs> and I think I tried to do it again, but I didn't measure it. Is that a whiteout right. tape? No, it's a post-it. Okay. But it covers his junk. And recently we watched the movie Serenity, the Matthew McConaughey and Hathaway Serenity. Yeah. And there is a scene where Matthew McConaughey, apparently his shower, quote unquote, is him jumping off a cliff into the ocean. And there's, and butt naked, obviously. And he is floating in the ocean and he looks just like the Nirvana baby. <laughs> so at least the shot composition is like eerily similar minus the dollar bill. It's very funny. 
Nevermind's good. I think In Utero is my favorite Nirvana album. I don't really think that Nevermind is anything to be embarrassed about. I can't say that I've listened to it recently. No. Yeah, it's just... It's not... I revisit Hole over Nirvana more frequently. I do now, for sure. For sure. Um, I just... It's it's so funny to me, because, like, I don't think I ever owned Nevermind. Like, I know... But I know the album so well, because it's so... It's amazing just, like, how many of the songs just, like, became such a big part of our lives, pop culture and I remember it being a big deal when I did buy it i felt like oh i fucking know music now like more than owning like a beatles record or right. a stones record or something right i really felt like oh yeah i'm like fucking edgy as shit now like it was a huge deal to own this album i didn't realize until not very recently but recently enough that butch vig is in garbage like i knew butch oh. vig the producer of course of you know the nirvana albums but i did not put that together butch vig is in garbage well luckily they're reuniting right now so i would you know i'd go see them i would go see them too let's go see them together um the final thing that we have here is uh just a record store day compilation from coachella 2011 which is a little late for our timeline but i think it has a lot of bands that we can revisit cuz they Kings of Leon, Arcade Fire, yeah. Kanye West, and The Strokes on Sunday, which is quite wow. the lineup. I wonder, did I see Kanye? No, it wasn't 2011 that I saw him, so I don't know. Who else was? I'm like, I love looking at the like smaller ones just to see. Yeah, but I think the CD itself didn't have no. anybody of note. No, probably Forge. It was like a record store day tie-in because I think record store day fell on. Yeah, it. It was it's, April 16th and 2011, yeah, yeah, and it was, yeah. like, the same weekend as Coachella. Coachella. Oh, okay. Well, it's here. The tracks are Jenny and Johnny, which I believe is... I saw them. It's Jenny Lewis and Jonathan, um... I'm blanking his name. But wasn't he in, like... Jonathan S- Richmond? Wasn't he in Snow Patrol or something? I think he might... Not Snow Patrol, but something like that. Um, but I saw that tour around that time. I saw them at the Black Cat in D.C., well, they have Scissor Runner on there, yeah. and then they've got The Swell Season, which sounds familiar, <clears throat> but I don't really quite recall. And then there's CeeLo Green doing a cover of No One's Gonna Love You. Uh-huh. Rai Rai, which I remember she was supposed to be, like, the next big Santi Gold, and oh, that yeah. didn't really quite pan out. Tinny Tempe. Oh, yeah. Was is it huge. Is it Tinny Tempe or Tiny Tempa? I always wondered. I've heard both, to be honest. Yeah. Black Keys, right before they blew up. Yeah. With Howling For You. Duran Duran, which was like a tour. new song. Robin with Dancing On My Own. I didn't realize I was on here. That's a pretty good CD. Raphael Sadiq. I love. Who's from Oakland, actually? Uh, Omar Rodriguez Lopez from At The Drive-In and uh, Mars Volta. Was he not the one who, is he in the, was he in a band with Beto O'Rourke? Is it, is it him? One no, of the members of the Mars Volta, he's, sorry. But he's one degree of separation away from Beto. Yeah, okay, okay. Then there's Jimmy Eat World, Kills, when they were on their satellite tour, uh, PJ Harvey, Ellie Goulding, Delta Spirit, which they went away, Colts also went away, Tame Impala, yeah. Shore, and Cut Copy. I who, saw Cut Copy I've seen Cut Copy a bunch, yeah. too. They're yeah. great, but they haven't put anything out. Like, I mean, it's been Jimmy, a while. It's been a minute, and I was really surprised to see that Hot Chip put on an album this year, too. Oh, really? That, another Coachella staple. Interesting. Um, but yeah, it comes with this whole booklet, as if, I don't know. Yeah. As if we need, oh god, Skrillex. Skrillex. What a nightmare. Ellie Golding. Yeah, Duran. Oh, because we need like a write up on Duran Duran. Awesome. But Coachella used to do a bunch of this like outreach before yeah. they expanded to two weekends. So. Oh, right, because this is a one weekend. Interesting. I think this might have been one of the last years that they did one weekend. Yeah. I feel like I'm the one person in California who's never been to Coachella. 
You're fine. I'm okay. I mean, especially now. I wouldn't go now. No. We had friends that went specifically to see the Tupac hologram, and I was like, this is a bridge too far. That's, yeah. So that's, that's our CD highlights. Blast from the Past CDs. I don't know. Who knows what this title of this mini is going to be? I don't know. I really don't. Center console. Forgotten center console <laughs> CDs. Straight from the CD Bible. Oh my God. Can we make a Toy Story where it's like CDs forgotten in the trunk of a car? And then you just cry your eyes out at the end of the episode I because don't know. you wanted to abandon them? <laughs> uh, you, you cry because you realize that the, the sum of reselling these CDs to Amoeba is like $7 if you're lucky. You're making a couple pennies. 12, on 12 the CD. bucks in store credit. <laughs> Not enough to get anything else, and you definitely spend no, your own money. Yeah. Well, it's not a fun mini doing a stroll down memory lane, but mm-hmm. we come back for season two in a couple of weeks. Yep. August, August 1st. August 1st. You better get ready to be fast and furious. Oh, yeah. Because we're coming in hot. So hot. Getting ready for Hobbs and Shaw. Yep. Do some stretching. Work on your accents. Learn how to steal a car or something. And stay hydrated. <laughs> As always, you can follow us on Instagram. We're at the Old Millennials Pod. You can also email us at oldmillennialspod at gmail.com if you have any ideas or suggestions. We are open to some mini episode ideas, even though we kind of like locked down a bit of season two already. But always interested to hear what you guys want to hear about from us. Yeah. And you can follow us individually on Twitter. I am at Marg, she wrote. And I'm at, at Emily A. Bijan. And until next time. Bye. bye.